dirt road in a gooseneck saddle up with me dry land in God's country crops far as I can see headlights on both ends of my day this country life is for me Welcome, folks, to HPJ Talk, the podcast from High Plains Journal, bringing the ag news and commentary of the week to you. I'm Jennifer Ann Latsky, and I'm joined by my colleague, Kayleen Scott. Hey, Kayleen. Hey, Jenny. All right, so uh, we got about a season's worth of moisture all in one setting. Uh, Six inches of snow here in Dodge this week. Uh, Not too shabby. No, and Dodge City actually canceled school. I'm pretty, uh, pretty proud of them. And they actually cleared Comanche Street. Yeah, they cleared a lot of streets in this town. I was shocked when I drove to town yesterday morning. Right? I, I know we sound really, really snarky on this one, but you have to understand. <laughs> it's rare for them to clear the main arteryways. I, I don't understand. I pay taxes, use the money to clear the streets so I don't get hit by somebody that's careening out of control. Yes. That's what I appreciate. And people think that Kansas is flat. Dodge City is not flat. Oh, no. I've gotten to the habit now because my normal route takes me on Comanche Street up and down about four hills. Mm-hmm. And so if it's anywhere slick, any type of moisture at all on that road, um, ice, snow, I go clear up to the bypass yep. and then over to Avenue P and then down to <laughs> High Plains Journal's official offices at the corner of Wyatt Earp and Avenue P. Because, uh, yeah, that's safer and it adds another 10 minutes to the commute. I don't care. At at least I know I'm not going to get smacked by somebody out of control going down the hill. Or going through the school zones there. (laughs) You know what, people? School zones are are there for a reason. It's for the safety of the littles. So slow down (laughs) and stop at crosswalks. Yes. This is not complicated. Good gravy, Marie. (laughs) Um, Of course, I kind of might have a you know, big old problem with that because my mom was a school bus driver. And do you know how many times she had that stop sign arm out on her big 60 passenger school bus and people would blow past her on a highway? Oh, I'm sure it was a daily occurrence. Oh, you know, people like that, there should be a special spot in a very hot place for them Mm -hmm. because you're going to get somebody killed someday. And if you kill a kid, there definitely is a spot reserved for you. Yes, there is. I don't know. That's our our preaching for this week. (laughs) My kids enjoyed the snow. They begged and begged and begged while I was working at home because they had their snow day. (laughs) Pull me on the sled. Pull me on the sled. I'm like, we don't have a sled. (laughs) Well. (laughs) We had to improvise. (laughs) When you're you're desperate enough and you're a farm kid, anything can be a sled. So what'd you use? It was a piece of wrapping material off of a grill guard. (laughs) And I wrapped a post in one end of it, cut some holes in it, and wired it together, and we found an old lariat rope and hooked it to the four-wheeler. Safety first. Yeah, safety first. <laughs> Mom drove the four-wheeler because I didn't want the kids driving it. <coughs> well, sorry about that, folks. That cough right there is a holdover from I don't know what. <laughs> Welcome to being sick. Um, like, day 900. I, I, Kayleen, I just 
want to breathe normally. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> no, but keep your germs over there because I don't want your crud. <laughs> <laughs> when you date your fella who is a school teacher and you work with people that represent at least six different school districts and school buildings in the building, we're just a giant Petri dish at work, aren't we? Yeah, because I walk my kids into school every day. And so I'm just taking my life in my hands, apparently, walking in there, touching doors and whatever else my boys bring home. So You know, um, the big news right now is the coronavirus uh, coming out of Wuhan, China. And um, honestly, viruses are scary. If you've ever sat in a meeting with anybody that talks about animal disease control and the speed of movement, when we're talking animals, it's terrifying. But when you're talking people that are able to make their own travel arrangements and go anywhere at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. um, it's it's kind of, it's, it's a little alarming, I'm going to say. I haven't kept up. What does the coronavirus do? What is the... So basically it's a... Um, is it respiratory say, or what yeah, is it's it? Yeah, it's a modified, um, well, modified, it's tweaked itself, um, pneumonia type virus. Oh, okay. Very deadly. 170 people in China have died. Well, you know, we've got a lot of, of trade back and forth between us and China. Um, we've got a lot of people moving back and forth between the United States and China. And you'd think that uh, middle America, we wouldn't have so much, but... Think about how many researchers at our mm-hmm. universities, um, professors, professors, and and think about um, folks that are are traveling through, and uh, you know you just got to protect yourself. Uh, they're still saying though that the flu this year is even more deadlier than the coronavirus, and really? even if um, the flu shot doesn't protect against the exact strain. It does give your body some protection to ward off this particular strain. So get the flu shot. I've never had one. <laughs> you know, I know there's people that, that say that, but honestly, if you're not protecting yourself, you're protecting everybody else you're around. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I didn't used to like it. I didn't used to like the, sh- the, the little pit prick, but you know what? I, I do better <laughs> if I've had that. <laughs> Um, so anyway, folks, go out there and, and protect yourselves. They're saying that wearing masks, unless you're absolutely sick, is not going and symptomatic isn't going to help you. So um, save the masks for the people that need them and just wash your hands, cover yeah. your mouth. Um, try to, to be polite about your germs. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Don't be like my kid and just cough in mom's face. <laughs> yeah, that's not showing love. <laughs> I wasn't very loving after he did that, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, um, I have been working on the last bit of details before our team heads to the NCBA convention and trade show next week, Kayleen. Um, folks, look for our booth, our High Plains Journal booth, and you can enter to win a prize package that includes free registrations to our Cattle U 2020 this summer in Dodge City. Um, we include a travel package that has hotel stays and tickets to the world-famous Dodge City Roundup Rodeo and a few other surprises. Um, it, it's starting to uh, shape up to be a really good event for our second annual Cattle U. Yeah. Um, we just actually confirmed Brandy Buzzard Frobos as our, our key, one of our keynote speakers for Cattle U this year, Kayleen. She is going to be the uh, 2020 NCBA Beef Advocate of the Year. They're yeah, gonna, I saw um, that. And, and so we're tickled. We'll have her as a keynoter for Cattle U in the summer. And then she'll also present a breakout session that's kind of workshop some of what she does as a beef advocate. 
Yeah, she does a really good job. I follow her on Instagram and Facebook, and she's always got good stuff and makes people kind of think about, you know, what beef producers are facing. Exactly. So we're really tickled to have her come out to cattle you. So what else is in the news, Kayleen? Did you see that President Trump signed USMCA on the 29th? I sure did. We have a link of the video of it online at www.hpj.com, and that agreement is welcome news to a lot of people in agriculture. You know, Kayleen, it sure is. Um, I think you had some some responses, or one of us had some responses to the USMCA passing the Senate. It's, yeah. I've slept since then, and again, cold, so I may not be thinking straight. Um, but that agreement's really going to be some welcome news to our American dairy farmers who have really had it rough this year. And speaking of dairy... So we talked last week about Starbucks and their push to um, promote plant-based juices, Mm -hmm. alternative milks, quote unquote, um, in place of real dairy as a more sustainable option for their their clientele. However, they're going to upcharge you 80 cents and uh, along with the, but the guilt is free. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't drink coffee, so... That's beside the yeah. point. <laughs> well, now the latest, um, there's been a push among agriculture to say, you know what? Boycotting doesn't always work. You know what you should do? Go into Starbucks and order a real milk-based drink Yeah. and make your preference known. Be the person in line that's like, no, you know what? I want real milk that comes from real cows that have been raised by real people. Yep. And the latest is when you order a real dairy-based drink at Starbucks, give them a different name. (laughs) For example, Jersey Girl. Is that what you're picking? (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm debating between Jersey Girl or Udders McTittle. Where did you come up with Udders McTittle at? (laughs) I just think it's funny. (laughs) Um, But others are uh, Holstein or Guernsey or Got Milk. Um, my favorite, though, is Mona. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. <laughs> Kayleen, are you going to start drinking coffee just for this? No. <laughs> Hot chocolate it is. <laughs> um, well, hey, uh, speaking of U events, too, um, I can't forget we've got registrations are still open for our alfalfa U's in February. Uh, we'll be in St. George, Utah, February 11th. Uh, Gary, Nebraska, February 18th, and Dodge City, Kansas, February 20th. And registration is free, and you can find that online at alfalfau.com. And if you all have a thought or a comment, drop us a line, hpjtalk at hpj.com, and let us know. Or you can always call us at the office, 1-800-452-7171. Hey, don't forget, if you could, do us a favor and head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Leave us a review. This week's episode will bring you the stories you might have missed in the January 27th print edition. Um, I'll have a chat with Dr. Tricia Jackson from our Soil Health U 2020, and Kayleen will wrap it up with the markets. It may be chilly outside, but the work, it never ends. So thanks for riding with us here on HPJ Talk.
In the January 27th print edition of High Plains Journal, editor Dave Bergmeier talks to bankers about cash flow is king. Bergmeier writes that farm income for 2019 is down more than $40 billion from 2013's record high of $136.5 billion. Kayleen, that's billion with a B. That's a lot. And much of that can be attributed to market facilitation program payments that helped farmers bridge the trade wars. Now, bankers saw that the weather challenges and trade wars of 2019, and um, they had a, a major effect as well on uh, farm income. And they're all hoping that 2020 brings better news. For one thing, farmers are starting to trim their household expenses. Jeff Torlemichi, Tor- a Northwest Kansas grain producer, told Dave that the real cost of family living can run into seven digits. Quote, most people don't consider that to spend 70000 or $80,000 a year, it takes an in-town job that pays over $100,000 a year. Plus, people don't consider the consequences of payroll taxes, end quote. Holy cow, Kayleen. I believe it. It seems like we spend a pile of money just to live. You know, I remember um, my dad and mom were very frugal about what we spent our money on and what we didn't. And I, you know, I had music lessons, but... I didn't go in and do a lot of uh, traveling sports teams or dance lessons or um, a lot of things. And I wonder if there's a lot of farm families right there right now that are starting to look at, at uh, what activities kids are doing and starting to pull back a little bit. I would think so. I mean, I've had the own, my own thoughts like that of what the kids can do and what they can't do. Well, if you're facing something like that, it's always good to talk to your banker and have a plan of action and talk to your family and just say, you know what, there's many ways that we can do this. Let's all pitch in together. On the Opinions and Editorials page, editor Dave Bergmeier writes about the trade deals that are in place and what's yet to be determined. Seymour clearly writes about Starbucks' recent campaign to reduce the use of dairy milk in its stores. And Robert McKnight, Jr., president of the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association, writes to warn consumers not to be led astray by fake meat marketing. Kayleen, I wonder what uh, Seymour clearly would write on a Starbucks cup. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kayleen, you had some reactions from trade organizations about the signing of Phase 1 trade agreements between the U.S. and China. And in particular, you listened in on a call from NCBA about what that deal means for cattlemen. I thought this was, was interesting. NCBA President Jennifer Houston told you that she sat next to former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger at the signing ceremony. I, I, I just would have loved to have been a fly on that wall <laughs> simply because he has the most remarkable history of, of you know working for the United States. And I guess they had a conversation about what's changed in China-U.S. relations since his first secret visit to China in 1971. Yeah, she was she was pretty impressed about the the encounter and being able to be at the signing. And I noticed yesterday she was there too for the for the actual event so, uh, for USMCA. Yeah, yeah, for USMCA. So. If you have a response to something you've read or heard, or there's a local topic that you want to bring to the attention of our readers and listeners, please write to us at journal at hbj.com or hbjtalk at hbj.com, or call us at 1-800-452-7171.
Well, welcome back to another interview here from Soil Health U and Trade Show in Salina, Kansas. And joining us today on the podcast is Dr. Trish Jackson of Home Tree Gardens. And uh, you're out of Sterling, Kansas, but you you work with uh, Pratt Community College as well. And um, today you talked about pillars of of sustainability and the connection of human health and soil health. You had a lot of really great things to talk about, but let's, let's explain what the pillars of sustainability are because sustainability is a big word and a lot of people don't really grab, you know, put their minds around it. So talk about that first. Okay. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. The three pillars of sustainability are economic and obviously we all need to have a profitable farm. The second one is the environment. We wanna have clean water, clean air, and clean food. And then the third pillar is social. So a lot of people don't think about how our food systems and our agricultural systems are really influencing um, our communities, our rural communities. And so applying those three pillars to sustainability in the way that we think about food and we think about agriculture can really help us move forward into um, a, a better system than we have today. So I, I talked about in the talk today um, those three pillars, but I was inspired by Reginaldo's um, talk this morning. You mean Reginaldo Haslett Mariquin? <laughs> yes, that's him. And he, he really touched on those three pillars and brought in a fourth pillar, which I found to be inspiring and so true that we need to be, need to be also thinking about um, our spiritual well-being in our moving forward. And if we think about how we treat the earth and how we treat our bodies, there's an interconnection there um, that really is very spiritual. And we need to be um, you know, nourishing our spirits as well as our bodies. So I think that there should be a fourth pillar of of sustainability. I'm declaring it now. (laughs) But in sustainability science, um, we talk about sustainability. And and really, if you think about that word sustain, it's just maintaining a status quo. And so um, there's a new way of thinking about agriculture, and it's this idea of regenerating. So instead of just sustaining a system, we're trying to improve the system and regenerate the soil, regenerate our bodies. And so we need to take that a whole new level and think really about that connection um, between soil health and our bodies and improving, regenerating some of the health that we've lost in the land and in our bodies. I'm, I'm starting to get fascinated by the, the topic of nutrient density. And you did some work, some um, postgraduate work on urban gardening and mental health. And um, there's a connection between healthy soils and healthy peoples, but healthy as far as physically, but also mentally as well. Maybe expand a little bit about how when we can apply soil health principles, um, we, we look at our own individual health too. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting uh, psychological studies um, that have been done through the years that show a clear relationship between mental health and exposure to green spaces or even um, vast views. So if you don't get out of your house and, and just you know look up at the sky, for example, you're not doing yourself a favor. Um, the National Gardening Association has some interesting data on this that shows in particular people that garden 
you know, especially if you're in an urban area that don't have those vast views, just getting out and getting your hands dirty, just, um, you know, nourishing plants has a really uh, positive impact on your outlook and your just mental health overall. You know what, I can actually attest to that because while I don't grow a garden of vegetables, um, I'm, I'm never home in the summertime, but I do always make sure I have plants my petunias and all my flowers and everything. I go and spend a lot of money every year. And one, one weekend in May, I just plant everything in containers and I dig in the soil. And that is my happiest weekend all year long. <laughs> I too have that habit. In fact, it looks like a jungle at my house because all winter long, I really, I have to bring in all my plants. And so it, it is a happy place for me. And so I wholeheartedly agree that those green plants, something about nourishing those plants and seeing them take off really does something for you. It does. Well, now, um, you know, you do a lot of research into biochar, and that's a word that some people may not understand or this, they may be coming to it first time. What is biochar and how does it play a role in soil health? I love talking about biochar. I'm so glad you asked. Um, biochar is really uh, bio is for biological and char is for charcoal. And what that means is it's a it's a special kind of charcoal that that enhances life, and so that's where the bio comes in. Uh, we make biochar out of any kind of biomass, um, but here in the Midwest, a lot of times we'll use uh, dead wood from aging um, tree rows, and we burn it at a really hot temperature with a limited oxygen environment. And when that happens, the, the wood um, becomes charcoal, but a lot of those mineral nutrients are still maintained in that carbon matrix. And the carbon matrix becomes this perfect little housing units uh, for all the soil microbes. So when you add it to soil, it just it feeds, the, feeds and houses all those little guys that we need to make our soil more healthy. So basically, biochar is the apartment duplex for soil microbes. Yes, it's also been described as like a, a beer party dorm kind of place <laughs> because it's, it's, it's apparently the best place to be. <laughs> we're, we're, we do nothing but party at Soil Healthy, let me tell you. Um, so if I'm uh, coming to this topic, the soil health topic for the first time, whether I live in an urban setting or I'm a farmer and rancher myself, What's step one? You know, what was step one for you? What's, what's the step one of, of where do we go from here? That's a hard question, uh, but for me, I can answer that. Um, step one for me was thinking about how I was treating things. And, and I, I mentioned today Aldo Leopold's land ethic. He came up with this idea that we should be treating the land like um, we want to be treated. And and he has described this ever-expanding circle of of concern, of caring. You first, you you know, you think about yourself when you're young. Maybe you're a teenager, that sort of thing. And then you realize that you really value your your family. And then that that circle, as you mature and evolve, it starts to include your community. And eventually, he says, once we evolve past that, we realize that part of our community should be the land and all the animals and the trees and all that that goes with it. So that realization um, was step one for me. And the action associated with that would be to just look at your little piece of earth. 
What are you doing there? Are you um, using a bunch of chemicals so that you can't even let your dogs out on the yard? Think about what's happening in your little ecosystem and maybe think about um, making one little change in, in the way that you're managing that. Think about soil health, perhaps. Great. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming out and presenting at Soil Health U. And um, we are going to have continuing content from Soil Health U for the next several months in the pages of High Plains Journal. You can look for that in your mailboxes or always online at www.hpj.com. And um, Trish, you've got a place for a website as well, don't you? Yes, www.hometreegardens.com. Great. Well, thanks again, Trish. We appreciate you coming out. Thanks for having me. Your grain market prices from Dodd City's Pride Ag Resources on January 21st, corn was down at $3.73, wheat was up at $4.54, milo was down at $3.23, and soybeans were down at $8.01. If you'd like to have crop or livestock targeted news emailed directly to you, sign up for our HPJ Direct email newsletters at our website, hpj.com signup. Simply select the topics that interest you and you'll receive updates on them directly to your email. Be sure to watch for the corn, marketing, and finance issue of High Plains Journal in your mailboxes February 3rd with a story from our colleague David Murray. And look for additional content online anytime at www.hpj.com. Remember, you can subscribe for free to this podcast at hpj.com podcasts. You can also find us on places like iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you download podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HPJ Talk for news and commentary throughout the week. We're also on Instagram. And you can always drop us a line at our email, hpjtalk at hpj.com. Thanks again for riding along with us, folks, as we bring ag news and commentary to you. And remember... As Dodge City's favorite lawman, Wyatt Earp, once said, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. We'll see you on the trail. This has been a production of High Plains Journal, all rights reserved. Dirt road in a gooseneck, saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country, crops far as I can see. Headlights on both ends.